Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast, where we chat everything and anything related to the world of music and occasionally focus on topics a little bit unrelated. My name is Scott Kelly. I am a drummer turned comedy singer-songwriter and apparently now a podcaster. You're going to hear me chat to many different people, but more often than not, it will be fellow musicians having conversations about their careers and lives within, arguably, the greatest art form in the world. And you get this for free each and every week on scottkiwi.com, on Stitcher Radio, and now on iTunes. So please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, let them know what's going on over here. But for now, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, guest this week on the podcast, Mr. John Gom, guitar playing legend. Many people state that he is, if he's not the best in the world, he's certainly one of them. I am joined right now with Ross McAndrew from the band All She Knows for the second week running. Ross, we've invited you back. Is this the longest kind of stint of employment you've had in the one place? Yes, for quite a long time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is now a steady job, is it? Yeah, yeah you've asked back for the second job, week. Yeah. It's mental. John Gom, talk us through your opinion of generally of John. Excellent guitar player. There doesn't really need to be that much more said, to be honest. Um, You're struggling for an intro with John Gom because as plain does the talking. Yeah. You mentioned John Gom, anybody, and they don't go, oh, that's the guy that's this, or that's the guy that's that. Everybody just has their jaw dropped and, and mm. looks at John and thinks it doesn't get any better than that when it comes to guitar playing. Stephen Fry tweeted about him a couple of years ago. His YouTube clips blew up. Um, he's absolutely incredible. Um, with our producer Ron at the moment, and I know you're excited about this episode, Ron, because you've been a massive fan for John of John Gone for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. I always get excited when you get all these amazing players on Scott. I don't know how you do it. Khaki King was last week amazing reaction to the Khaki King episode, Ross. How good was Khaki? Seriously. <sighs> She's, again, she's just another fantastic guitar player. Different style, yeah. Obviously, um, when people see an acoustic guitar, they're just like, "Oh, it's all the same." But no, like it's just it's such a diverse instrument, and she's she has a different style. But um, I'd say both of them are, are very like on par with the stuff that they do. They're just at the top of their own respective games. Highly respected around the world, uh, and I reckon if you mention any of these players, I mean, it's the same reaction, which is just incredible. And these guys are touring constantly. Um, you, we spoke to Khaki King last week, and of course, an extremely busy schedule, the same as John Gom, the same as Tommy Emmanuel two or three mm-hmm. weeks ago. I mean, these guys are just incredible. Um, and it's interesting to think, as well, you talk to them, they're so down to earth. Yeah, it's just the whole thing of staying humble. Mm-hmm. You get so many. I don't know people. how they do it. If I was one quarter of, uh, well, I if know. I had one quarter <laughs> of their ability, you know what I mean? I would. You wouldn't be able to speak to me. Yeah. Would you be the same, Ross? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like uh, I'm glad I'm not as talented as I think I am. Uh, that's <laughs> that's uh, that, that's always always a blessing in in my eyes. But, it can't uh, really be said for the same. Well, the same can't be said for the individuals in your band. Perhaps all she knows is that fair comment. Yeah, <laughs> um, there are there are some some members who do who do know how good they are. And other members who completely don't. Ting so. Tang um, gave an amazing jazz performance when he was in the Martin <laughs> Taylor episode. Um, we've got a game for MD that doesn't know called I'll Name a Song and Then You Play It, which, funnily enough, when I name a song, the artist on the podcast makes an attempt to play that song mm. on their respective instrument. In Ting's case, um, he brought in his guitar, which brought us right back to 1991 in a Save the Bell episode. Yeah. Um, and it was, there was more jazz notes than a Miles Davis concert. Definitely, yeah. Um, 
the way it, I mind one time we were playing in uh, King Tut's and uh, Seb introduced a song, uh, sorry, Ting introduced a song by, you should listen to this song, I'm pretty damn good at playing it. <laughs> That's you just know everybody's been watching you just waiting for you to trip up, right? Yeah, yeah, totally just waiting, but he pulled it off, so if you say things with enough confidence you get away with it apparently. So Well it's it's a shame he wasn't on form the same when he was in the studio trying to play songs like Smoke in the Water when, he, was when, I, when, when I believe his reaction when some when I, I mentioned the song and like I said they make an attempt to play the song and I Smoke in the Water. How does that one go? <laughs> it's like, in, in fairness, though, everybody knows the game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knows the score in the sense that I try to name a song that's really, really famous and, and to easy. certain degree, yeah. really, really simple so that everybody knows the song and everybody listening also knows the song so they can identify whether the person is playing it correctly or not. And you would think a musician that's gigging every night would mm-hmm. know smoke on the effing water. And it's very difficult not to swear when you're expressing yeah, when something of this magnitude of, of simplicity. To be fair, Ting's music taste and music knowledge starts a year before he was born and finishes just at whatever day he's doing. He has no right. idea what the 70s are. He thinks the 70s is like some sort of weird time when like everything was in black and white. It wasn't just the tele. <laughs> um, he thinks uh, Dell computers are practically prehistoric. Um, he doesn't really know what happened before he was born. He right. just assumes that when he was born, everything came into existence. He thinks Amstrad is a country. Yes. Well, yes. Right. <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah, that was an amazing jazz performance. And we seem to be making a habit of slagging off members of All She Knows. Yes. Uh, last week, I do remember George Kerry got it in the neck about his 21st, which I didn't go to. And you know what? I'm glad. Glad I didn't go to that. Um, but um, next week, I suppose, Adam, or should we start on Adam now? Is there anything you want to... Mm, well, I don't know. I just can't wait until I'm not here, and then I'll get it in the neck for uh, for, for whatever hey, l- doing. Listen, you've missed the first 20 episodes. You were getting oh, in the neck. Right, 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 right. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm kidding. I've, I've had my turn. <laughs> you've, had, you've had your turn. May as well just, you know, giving the devil his due. Yeah. But ladies and gentlemen, we've got John Gom coming up on the podcast, playing a lot this year, and one of the festivals that he's playing at, of course... Is download Ross? Can you believe that John's going to be rocking out it's, with his acoustic guitar at download? Yeah. It's it's such a strange show for it to be at, but it almost makes sense. The the <laughs> the banter on Twitter the other day when he announced that was really really yeah. funny because a lot of people. Cause what I like about he's being quite not I don't want to say self deprecating that sounds um sounds quite extreme but he's having a bit of laugh about oh, it uh, you yeah. know that he's mm. playing download and everybody's joining in, in the banter you know yeah. but great and I tell you what. He's going to go down really well at that oh, festival. Aye, yeah, of course. Because Download is a bunch of music fans, mm-hmm. and regardless of what anybody thinks, because I reckon it does get pigeonholed as yeah, it's um, a, a bunch of metal fans. There's a, a bunch of big music fans. Yeah, there's, so. a, there's, a, there's a whole lot of stigma if you see someone walking about with a. And they're six foot seven with a big leather shoes on, and with loads and loads of black hair. There's a bit of a. St- what are you I'm, saying about my style? I'm, I'm, I'm saying that I'm digging it, Scott. Right, I'm okay. saying I'm digging it. Uh, but do you like this cape I'm wearing? You know, I wish I wore a cape, and then I could leave the scene of any crime. I think that that's done. What, I think that's what um, I'd love my my listeners and fans to do. Perhaps make me a podcast cape. <laughs> a podcast cape would be excellent. With your with your face on the back. Right. Yeah, definitely. And then you can leave places by swirling up around your face so you can only see your eyes and then leaving. I think that would be dramatic and excellent. You can't see what I'm doing right now. I'm just nodding my head, giving, this, <laughs> giving the sea of approval and just loving that idea. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, John Gom on the podcast. It's going to be a good one. Okay, I am back on the Talk Music Podcast with Mr. John Gom. How are you, John? 
Yeah, I'm not back. Now, tell us about, you've got a healthy relationship with Scotland. When was the first time you played here? Oh, I don't know what, I don't know. Maybe it's about 10 years ago, I reckon. Um, so I've done quite a few gigs kind of around the Glasgow area is the main place, but I have been all over Scotland as well. I've been up to, uh, I've been up to Ullapool and uh, Elgin in Murray and Aberdeen. Ullapool's probably the furthest north, but I've played on, uh, I've played on Arran and Butte. Uh, I've even played in, uh, what's that t little, really old fashioned tourist town that's on the west coast, Largs. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I'm from Blackpool and it's kind of the Blackpool of Scotland. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've played all, all around Scotland, yeah. Now, from what I've heard, John, judging by my research, I'm actually from Airdrie and you've played in Airdrie and Coatbridge, haven't you? I've played Airdrie, Coatbridge, Glen Mavis. I'm trying to think if there's any other little towns around that area. I have played in others as well. Played in Motherwell, but that's a bit further away, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah no, that's, well, that's that's about twenty minutes away from Airdrie, so it's quite fascinating. The fact that you played Glen Mavis as well, I would imagine you may have played. <laughs> I would imagine you may have played in a place called the Kirkstyle Inn in Glen yeah, Mavis. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly uh, the place. The name is yeah, definitely brought it back to me there. Yeah, that's amazing to think. Well, it actually, isn't there anymore? But we should perhaps start a campaign to bring it back, John. Yeah, it was a, it was a nice room. I really like playing in function rooms at pubs. I just think it's great. The, the atmosphere of the pub kind of just filters through into into the room where you're doing the gig in a in a really nice way so it becomes really relaxed and it's not it's 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 not like playing in a theater or something it's it's, it's much more relaxed environment and also because you're in this private little room in a pub full of punters on a friday night or something and you're in this extra little function room there's something, it's almost like you're having this little secret meeting, <laughs> you know, it's something conspiratorial about it and you feel like you and the audience uh, are in on it and you're in this secret special little club of live music and it's really great. Now do you feel that playing in front of a smaller audience, does that suit your style better, John, the interaction with a smaller group um, or do you think to a certain degree um, perhaps uh, everything that you've got going on gets lost in front of a massive crowd, do you like a bit of both, what's your thoughts? It depends, I mean... It really depends on the space that, a lot that you're in. So sometimes it can work and sometimes it doesn't. But I much, much prefer playing to a smaller audience. It suits my personality better. Um, also, it depends where I am. So if I'm in a country where I speak the language, uh, like England or you know Germany or Italy or to some extent Scotland, um, then I can. I want to be able to communicate with the audience in a different way so I want to actually talk to the audience and have that experience and that works better for me in a smaller place if I'm playing somewhere like China where what I'm doing there is much more like I just perform the songs because I can't do lots of talking in between the songs and stuff so it doesn't matter quite as much so that when I play in those countries I can play in a bigger place and it's not so it's not really a big deal but uh, yeah I mean it's funny whenever I play in a big venue the whole thing that I'm trying to do from the moment I step on the stage is to make the big venue feel like a small venue. That's what I want to do. So, um, yeah, small venues, I don't have to do that. So, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, for me, it's better.
Excellent. Now, I'll, I'll, I don't know if you mind um, talking us through the track of yours called Passion Flower, which has, of course, received um, massive um, or great feedback on the on the internet. Can you talk us through the track um, and how you put it together, John? Uh, okay, well, um, it started with uh, the idea for the song, which is about, it's about the plants that I grew in my backyard. And... Um, which sounds weird, but I just—it's it, a tropical plant that I accidentally grew from a seed in a little pot, just from a fruit that I ate, you know. And I just—it was completely by accident. And um, it's—it's it's still there now. This plant is absolutely huge, and I, <laughs> I have to cut it back every year. I haven't done it yet this year, but it's absolutely enormous. And um, people stop and stare at it, you know, and that's and then it gets flowers in the summer and then people really stop and stare at it as they walk down the back alley, you know, walking their dog down the back alley or whatever and they, they stop and stare at it. And it, to me, it's really inspirational, um, <laughs> just a little inspirational thing. So I wrote kind of the life story of this plant as a metaphor for, um, you know, human beings and human life and, you know, your own life experience being something that you know doesn't have to be what you expect it's going to be and can it can you know grow out of something very humble into something spectacular and uh yeah so anyway i wrote the lyrics and had the song pretty much fully formed and i started to approach the guitar arrangement for it and to me that's really crucial that process because um i always have the song formed in my head before I then go and approach it as a guitarist. And that means that when I sit down with the guitar and start to work out how I'm going to play on the guitar, I can get really, really crazy with the guitar part and do all kinds of technical stuff that's really distracting and really off-putting um, and, you know, really does basically detract from the song. But for me, it's a big deal. I really like doing all the flashy guitar stuff. But because the song is already written, hopefully the, the song is strong enough that the guitar playing doesn't destroy it. Whereas if I was writing on the guitar, then the techniques would become the song and then it, it doesn't work so well and you just find yourself being distracted with no actual music there to, you know, actually that's what you want to hear. So it's, um, that process is really crucial for me. So yeah, then I sat down with the guitar and started to come up with uh, techniques and stuff that I could use to create the percussion and the kind of ethereal sounds that I wanted for the song and you know so they grew from there really Excellent, can you give us a little bit of demonstration of that track then John? The main riff is the uh... With all the tuning peg fun Oh. 
Fantastic. There you go. There's a little bit. Great. So that's Fantastic. the X Factor version. The one, one verse, one chorus. <laughs> Excellent. Now, having toured so much and achieved so much success, John, what artists would you like to perform or duet with that you haven't had a chance to do so? Oh, I don't know. I've got no idea. I don't. I, it's not something that I really think about that much. I used to. <laughs> I don't know. I always wanted to play with Michael Jackson. <laughs> when I was a kid I just always wanted to play guitar while he sang that would that would have been awesome but I don't know this it's just a, it's just because I was a massive fan when I was a little kid but this I don't know I don't really I don't really think it in those terms that maybe doesn't make any sense but um, a lot of solo musicians like me singer songwriter guitar players and you play gigs on your own really duetting with other musicians is something that you might do occasionally for fun for a novelty but um it's not something that you really aspire to do that much <laughs> that's why you play on your own you know so uh i don't really there, there aren't really any <laughs> there aren't really any i've been really lucky i've got to play on stage with some of my heroes so um nick harper is one singer songwriter who's played a lot of the same venues that i have around glasgow and uh i played with him I mean, we've we've been on the same bill at, at gigs, like at festivals and stuff. But I've only actually, he's very similar to, actually, he's way worse than me. He really doesn't like duetting with people on stage uh, at his own gigs. But I basically forced him to once because it was in my hometown. And I said, look, Nick, everybody's going to love it. Even if it's shit, everybody's going to go nuts because it's, you know, but I know everybody in the audience. And they're just going to think it's great no matter what it is. So, so I managed to get him to play one of his songs with me. And uh, that was really, really amazing. So uh, I'd love to do that again with Nick. Um, and I've played with guys like Andy McKee and Preston Reed, who are some of the best guitar players in the world. And that's really, really fun. So, yeah. I, uh, and I just know some great musicians in Leeds who I get together and play with every now and then leads what the city where I live so yeah um, that, that's really fun but yeah I don't really have those aspirations <laughs> maybe I should do no it's cool ideal scenario would be you on stage with the police playing message in a bottle that would have been <laughs> be absolutely great John I don't think Sting would like my version of that song at all I really don't who knows but I just don't think he would yeah, listen, we've had Stuart Copeland on the podcast. I'll maybe send him the link and see what he thinks, John. Yeah, maybe he would like it. Maybe he would like it more, actually, than, than Sting would. I mean, I'm only guessing from their musical output, you know. I just, I, I think for Sting, it's like, oh, I've ruined the song. I think he would, I think he would think that. Uh, but Stuart Copeland might be more into it. I have seen The Police live as well. and They're absolutely incredible. And I, I went to see them at the MEN Arena in Manchester, which is like... It's, it's nearly 100,000 capacity place. 
but the uh, the guy who runs the the whole place is an old family friend. So he got me and my wife tickets, and we were sitting in like the second row, right, right at the front. And it was funny because we were surrounded by people who obviously had loads of money. It was really expensive seats, and there's me and my wife there, and we're clearly like impoverished musicians. And then sat behind us, there were some more common people, you know, who were clearly like proper common, you know, just really rough as as out, right? So, so at one point, I, and they were having a really good time, and we were having a really good time, and everybody else sitting in the front rows, they're just sitting there with their arms folded. They probably are enjoying it in their own way. But anyway, at one point. I turned around to the people behind me and said, well, how come you guys are sitting here? And they said, uh, oh, actually, I'm Sting's cousin. <laughs> so me and my wife were sat directly in front of Sting's family. <laughs> that was quite funny. So, yeah. so even, if he does, even if he does end up liking the version, um, you know, his family might come out and say, hey, listen, that's the guy that offended us. You can't, you can't like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but listen, no, 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 they, yeah, they were, they were, they were good laugh. They were a good laugh. They were a good laugh. Great stuff. Hang on tight, there, John. We're just going to advertise some of our previous episodes. Previous episode. Episode one was Glenn Matlock from the Sex Pistols. Episode two, Huey Morgan from the Fun Loving Criminals. Episode three was Sandy Tom. Episode 4, Brian Ray from Paul McCartney's band. Episode 5, Orianthe. Episode 6 was Bob Jacobs, head spokesman from NASA. Episode 7 was Dr. Phil Toll, Metallica's therapist. Episode 8 was Graham Clark and Graham Duffin from Wet Wet Wet. Andy McKee was episode 9. Steve Craddock from Ocean Colour Scene was episode 10. Cliff Goldmacher, episode 11. Steve White, Oasis, The Who and Paul Weller's drummer was in episode 12. Episode 13, Martin Taylor, MBE. Episode 14, Stuart Copeland. Episode 15, Dweezil Zappa. Episode 16, Martin Harley. Episode 17, Julian Lennon, Carol Kay. And episode 18, Tommy Emmanuel. Episode 19, Kaki King was episode 20. And this one is John Gong, episode 21. Remember, you can get Scott Cowie's podcast at scottcowie.com on iTunes. And if you're ahead of the times, on Stitcher, the fun app. One of my favourite covers that you do is the track Ain't Nobody. I'm a big fan of this version, John. I don't know if you can break oh, yeah. this down for us and, 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 and play it for us, if that's okay. That's a really fun song to play, but the reason I decided to arrange that particular song is one of my songs... No, not one of my songs. A, um, a track that I worked on. I used to do a lot of session work, so going in and playing in studios, and I worked on a remix of a Liam Rhymes song, okay? you know, big country and western star, but it was a dance remix. And um, the producers of that track, they sent me the track. It was released on a compilation of dance remixes, like a Ministry of Sound compilation or something, I don't know. can't remember. And I listened to the whole album, and I thought, you know, I wonder if there's a song here that I could play on the guitar. And I listened, that particular song, Ain't Nobody, was on there, as a, a remix of it. And I listened to that and thought, that would be really, really amazing. I just really like the bass line. Uh, and it's funny, the bass line is just two notes. It just goes. But I just loved it. I don't know why. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so that's my vote. Ringing. How embarrassing. 
That doesn't happen at gigs, I swear. It was in roughly the same key, John. It's okay. <laughs> well, turn it off there. <laughs> No, it's really, really, I, I really, really like that version. Now, in 2012, as a result of Stephen Fry tweeting about you, it led to you appearing in different TV shows. How much do you value the internet generally attributing to your success, coupled with, of course, the guitar playing? Um, okay, well, yeah, for me, internet is a strange and, and confusing place, but also somewhere where I kind of feel at home, so it's, uh, it's, it's funny. Um, I, I spend a lot of time on, on the internet anyway. I would I would anyway if I wasn't a musician. Um, but yeah, for me, it's a really big deal. But um, it's funny that the way that the kind of virality of my videos it always starts with the core of people who are the people who are really into my music already. So and that core just gets bigger and bigger. So. Um, yeah, when, when that Passion Flower song went viral on YouTube, that was because, you know, at, at first, because um, just the people who were already into my music, and they really liked that song, and they were all sharing it with each other on Facebook, and really they were the start of the snowball, and then the snowball just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so that's how it works, really. It, um, there's a lot of luck involved when videos go viral as well, but you do need to have a, a, a starting point. I think, um, as a musician, it really helps anyway. Um, yeah, but for me, it's a really big deal. I, I, I love Twitter, I love Facebook. So I, I even use Google Plus. I'm one of those strange people. So, yeah. yeah, I love it. Now, you've got a lengthy tour coming up this year. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I've got a lot, I'm always touring, though. I'm always touring. So, yeah, I've got a few, a few gigs in England and Ireland coming up. I'll be coming up to Scotland later in the year. I don't know, we haven't made any set plans yet, but I definitely will. Well, I think it goes without saying, it's time to rethink the idea of performing once again in Airdrie and Coat Bridge, John. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's bound to happen. I, I don't know where my next gig will be in, in that area. Uh, but recently I've been playing, actually, in Glasgow itself. But, you know what, I think maybe I'd, I, I will come back and play in Coat Bridge. I'll talk to the guy who organises my gigs up there and see if I can find uh, one of those pub function rooms again <laughs> in Coatbridge. And we'll do a big gig in Glasgow and a little one in Adrian or Coatbridge. Oh, well, listen, there you go. The seed has been planted, John, so we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you when you come up here. Yeah, man. Listen, right. John, it's been fantastic. Thanks very much for, for joining us today and for playing, uh, for playing all those tracks for us too. Oh, that's cool. 
Upcoming gigs for John Gom. May 29th, Clitheroe, UK, The Grand. May 31st, the Acoustic Festival of Britain. June 3rd, Brighton, UK. Sticky Mike's Frog Bar, John's playing in on the 3rd. On the 4th of June, Milton Keynes, The Crawford Arms. June 5th, Maidstone, UK, The Rafters. June 6th, the London Folk Festival. For more information, johngom.com. Go and check it out. If having John Gom on that podcast there, playing some seriously amazing guitar, isn't enough incentive to go and see him this year, I don't know what it is, Ross, what do you think? He's, he's again, I said it at the start and I'm going to say it again, he's just an excellent player. He's he's just fantastic. He's There's not really much more to say, to The thing that he's played Glenn Mavis, Airdrie and Colt Bridge, and he wants to do it again, is yeah, it really like, shows you the class of the guy. To, to be fair, uh, I, I've also played those uh, stages, if you can even call them stages, and I personally don't really want to go back. Yes, and I am from that area, so nobody can take offence who currently lives there, because I do too. Um, <laughs> absolutely amazing player, and it's interesting to think as well, he really likes playing the big stages, as he mentioned, but he prefers the intimate venues. Mm. Um, and I think going and watching them you can see the interaction with the crowd I think it makes for an amazing night definitely yeah I mean uh, I I personally really like the look of his guitar and you can you can see all the little war-torn scratches and stuff like that see at an intimate venue you can see all these things or the fact that he's had to tape up bits and there's bits where you can see he's been practicing and chipped the body and stuff like that like I really enjoy stuff like that I don't understand people that would buy like relics guitars because you just buy a guitar have it for about 20 odd years and then it looks just as as that one does so the wee intimate venues are always good for that because you can get right up and close and personal you can see exactly what he's doing and exactly the the kind of thing that he's that he's going for so I really like that the guitar looks old and battered but I reckon even if I were to play it I wouldn't get half as good a sound as what John gets out of it uh, seemingly the tones in his fingers it seems like uh, it's just it's just a just a stunning sound it's just so good Talking of local stages, I'm joined right now with uh, two guys from the band The Abiders. We're joined by Mick and Kev. How's it going, guys? Ah, not bad, These guys have got a gig coming up. Well, when I say a gig, it's a battle. Ross, you've been involved in many battle of the bands in the past. Well, um, a couple where you're actually playing and a couple where you're fighting folk. So, <laughs> and I'm I really not sure what one this is. It is it's, <laughs> a, it's a bit of a mixture of the both. Yeah, We're kidding, obviously, because <laughs> I, I reckon there'll be a lot of people. <laughs> from the area of Virgin Cobras that have perhaps already bought tickets as a result of hearing there's going to be a fight on the cards. <laughs> now, where is this gig tells all about it? Um, the gig's going to be take place at uh, the Tower Music Rooms in Livingston. It's a great new venue. Um, it's only been going about for maybe six months now. But they've had some great acts there. They've had some great punk acts um, with Sham 69, uh, Conflict UK, stuff like that. So um, it's going to be the second round that we're involved in on the 21st of June. Um, and tickets will be £5 at the door, very reasonable price of £5. <laughs> so who else is involved in this battle then? Uh, well we've got the abiders, um, we've also got a great local um, acoustic singer-songwriter called Jessica Allardyce, she's through to the, the next round as well. There's going to be a lot of um, stuff going on in the next month uh, and the run-up to the 21st, um, so there's going to be two more heats in between there. And hopefully a lot more good bands, good local music for people to come along and listen to. So Mike, tell us about the band, the style of music that you guys play. Well, there's a lot of different uh, genres that we all like, hold dear, basically. But the this running, the central theme basically is blues, blues and rock and roll. 
and uh, we, we try to incorporate different styles for every song, like for uh, No Apprehension, which we played in the first episode of this, I believe. Uh, which we, is the episode with Glenn Matlock, which is available at scottcowie.com, yes. Stitch Radio and iTunes. <laughs> Sorry, my friend. That's fine. Uh, we tried to incorporate a lot of funk into it as well to kind of give it a, a better groove and sound a bit different from like your typical blues songs and stuff like that. But um, yeah, b- blues is mostly the the style that we go for, kind of Doors-esque, 60s style uh, music. Still with us, of course, is Ross from All She Knows. Ross, you're from this area. Is this likely to be an event that you will attend? Well, since there's going to be less fighting, I'm not sure. You're now, yeah, I lost. Uh, Ross lost an incredible amount of interest. If anybody can see the dynamic in the studio, as soon as Ross heard that there wasn't going to be an actual battle, he's just kind of been looking elsewhere yeah. and switched off from this interview, Ross. Yeah, to be fair, I've only just popped my head back in. I was waiting to get a, get a can of juice. When I mentioned uh, the word battle, we seen Ross again. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's, that's how I, I roll. But yeah. <laughs> But I want to know, how seriously do you guys take the idea of, of this? I mean, does all the bands get really, really competitive? Uh, there's an element to that, because there was a band playing when we played the first heat, and it was a kind of screamo band and stuff like that, and there was a, a lot of messing about the equipment and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they, they, they asked to, well, we asked them if they could loan one of their uh, amps, and they, they got quite protective and stuff like that about it, and then they ended up like, trying to run away without actually gaining the amps. That kind of stuff, and it's like a lot of shit. gear at the start as well, so I'd loaned out uh, my snare drum, my foot pedal, and they kind of they borrowed all our gear and promise with a promise to loan us their stuff, and then try to take it off us so we can perform. So good to try and stir up trouble here between many different local <laughs> bands. Ross, are you with me in this method? Would you think? Yeah, definitely. Like uh, I'm just wanting to see more battles, to be honest. <laughs> it's all about the battles. Actually, it's even more you think about it. I mean, the idea of playing music all together in a room is fine, but the idea of a band actually battling—it's an idea for any promoters out yeah, there. Actually, just yeah. have a. We spoke about this in the podcast before. I'm desperate to see some sort of cage match. Yeah, <laughs> play a couple of songs. Cage comes down over the stage. Um, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, that's the battle. You've judged them on their music. Yeah. You give everybody a point for that, but now here's where the real points yeah, come into play. Yeah. You know, you get the cage down, and it's just an all-out fight. Mm-hmm. And especially given there's girls with acoustic guitars involved, yeah, you just know it's going to be a, an absolute bloody mess. You know, yeah. definitely something I'm wanting to see. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that would be good fun. That'd be good. No question at all, ladies and gentlemen. Check out the Abider SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, the lot. But for now. Make sure that you also log on to johngom.com, our very special guest today. And no doubt there'll be many people in Scotland coming to see John when he eventually plays in November and December, and indeed throughout the UK. And we will see you guys next week. Download us iTunes, scottcowie.com, and of course Stitcher Radio, and give us five stars on iTunes. See you soon!